So I'm expecting that following this week, you guys might be re-inspired to uh, give us your questions. We're starting a series today called Any Questions? Question mark. And uh, it's, it's where we take a stab at teaching and preaching on what the Bible has to say about any, any topic that you are interested in. So there is a, I think there's a QR code on your welcome sheet. There's a website form. There is a basket on your way out where you can drop questions off. And the elders and other people are stepping up to answer, to respond to those questions. If not answer, to respond to them and to, to talk about them. So today is the first day in this series, which I think will be fun. And the question today, which I, you know, obviously I have not prepared anything, so I'm just going to have you guys answer it. The question is, what is the biblical given purpose of Sunday service? It's open to you guys. What is, the, what is the given, the biblical purpose of a Sunday service like this? All right. That was a response. Anybody else? Fellowship. To build up the body. The body of Christ here at New Life. Teaching? Teaching. Grace. To get to know one another. So more of that fellowship stuff going deeper. Learning. Music and worship. Exactly right. Do not forsake the assembly, it says in Hebrews, of, of worshiping together. Very important. These are all good responses, good answers, and they're all, they're all correct. Even the free donuts part, which, um, which is amazing. The second part, the second question that, that was asked by somebody in this church, first it was, what is the biblical given purpose of Sunday service? Secondly, what role is Sunday service supposed to fill, and how are we as a church working towards making that our focus or our role? I mean, it's a good question. So there's kind of the abstract, big picture question, then that specific question, how are we living into this vision we have for Sunday mornings here at the church? Obviously, any teaching on this kind of thing always seems so self-serving. It's like, oh, the pastor says to come every Sunday. You know, of course he wants, wants a full house to preach to. You know, they're talking about giving. Oh, well, you know. It's like, but no, these are just biblical things that we, uh, we have to talk about and are very interesting. And it's good to realign ourselves uh, with these things. So uh, when I was growing up, my parents had a, a really, really old house, like late 1800s. And there was... The, the, the regular part of the house, and then there was a, a, what we called the back room. And there was a floor, and it sloped down like this. And then there was a wood shed, which was basically a wood shed, but if you fell between the floorboards, you'd fall into the dirt basement and probably break your neck. It was a pretty scary back room, full of all my dad's odds and ends. Uh, there was a big Folgers, I, I was fascinated by this, a big Folgers uh, tin tin in the back that was full of uh, Native American arrowheads and pieces of clay pipe because in the second Daga Lake they keep washing up uh, from, from a long, long time ago. So we had this thing full of pipe stuff. My dad, being an interesting, interesting person, he, uh, he had two, gi two giant um, snapping turtle shells back there from when he captured some snapping turtles at the beach, chopped their heads off and made them into snapping turtle soup for the family to eat. Because that's my dad. My dad should have been born during the hunter-gathering times, but unfortunately, 
There's lots of stories about Grandpa, right, Olivia? Now, I, I saw my dad fight bats with, with, with uh, tennis rackets in the house. Something that I actually did in our old house when bats got into our chimney, I, Jackie hid under covers and I ran around the house with a tennis racket. And I, I stunned the bat and then tossed, tossed it outside, just like, just like Dad t- showed me. But, uh, you know, my dad was, it was so interesting. This is totally not serving the message at all, right? So, <laughs> the, but laughter is good for the soul, yeah, right? So, yeah, one time he caught, like, a giant carp, and he stuck it in the family fish tank with all the other fish. While family was over, my mom's trying to have people over. My dad's chopping heads off his turtles and stuff, right? So all of my dad's interesting uh, animal parts were in the back there. Um, you know, we, we, had a lot of, we had a lot of fun growing up. And we, we still enjoy telling these stories. But this back, the back room, it was not a safe place, but I loved it. When I was like Cohen's age, uh, my, my four-year-old, I would lay down and roll down the floor. And the reason that it was sloping was not because it was designed that way, but because the house was so old. And so with a house that old, and it's by, by a lake, you know, the, it just starts to collapse in on itself after a while, unless you do something with the foundation. And uh, this past year, uh, or one year ago, actually this week, I was beginning my three-month sabbatical that I take every five years, and so I had three months off, and I went to my, to my parents' house, and the house across the street where my babysitter used to live, it's been vacant for a couple of years, uh, was empty, and the next door house where my friends used to live was empty, and I hadn't been to either of these places since I was a little kid, so I thought how cool it would be to see what they look like now, now that I'm older. So I went to my, my neighbor's house across the street, I could see that spot on the floor where I'd sit and play Nintendo like all the whole time because my parents didn't let me have a console. So I'd play Nintendo on the floor here. And the house was like just sloping every which way. The floor was like spongy. The staircase was actually like sinking into the, the floor, just really in disrepair. And same with the other store next, the other house next door. Actually, the floor had gone from flat to sloping since I was a little kid. And I saw that room where I used to play Street Fighter 2 with my next door neighbor on his Sega. Um, because again, I had no console, and I identified other places just based on what video games they had, pretty much. But, uh, you know, if you don't do something about these, uh, these foundational issues in these old houses, they just start falling in on themselves. And uh, my, when I was a, a teenager, my dad actually had the, our house put up on the, the stilts, had a, found, a new foundation dug, and a new cement foundation poured underneath our house uh, while we were still living in it. And that's the only reason our house is standing the way it is today. But it's all about um, you know, take care of the foundation where the thing sinks. It says in Ephesians 4:11, "So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers, to equip his body, his people, for works of service, so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Just from that one passage, I hear a bunch of your responses to the question of what is the purpose of Sunday, and how are we moving towards that vision? And particularly this this phrase, to equip the body, God gives gifts to equip the body, for our purposes, New Life Fellowship, I suppose, or the Church of Saratoga, so it might be built up. This Hebrew word for built up is a building word, um, which means, uh, which is oikodame, and it means edifice. It means a building, a large imposing building, 
um, that, 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 is, that is holding itself together with a proper foundation. And so this, this, uh, this idea of maybe built up is all about the body of Christ building the foundation and the house of God together and how important that is, how important that foundation is. And the goal is we do this so that we can all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, to, to become the thing that God planned us to be when he got this idea of having a body of Christ, a church for himself. Um, without major um, work on, on, the, on the building, that the, the, that the building may be built up on the edifice, the thing will fall down. And that word edifice is where we get the word edification from. So this is really interesting. We, we hear Christians, the Christianese word edification. People talk about it in church all the time, to edify one another. We saw it in the scripture earlier. It's all about us fortifying the foundation and building up the walls. The, the edification of the body, a, build, a real building word, a building word. And that's why Christ, first of all, gave certain gifts. So it talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That's five gifts there. But he, that's also why he gave us all the gifts that he gives to the body. So the concept of us gathering together, spiritually speaking, is that we are here to build each other up. We're here to shore up the edifice, to edify the house. And maybe you have an edifice complex. That's a Freudian thing, right? Um, no, that's different. Um, to build each other up. We strengthen each other in the faith as we meet together regularly. That doesn't answer the question exactly why we meet on a Sunday morning to do this, but it certainly does answer the question as to you know, how it, how, what we were supposed to do when we were here, to build each other up um, as God uh, leads us. And without that strengthening of the foundation, we become the kind of house that collapses in on itself, right? Where the staircase is falling into the floor. Real M.C. Escher situation. Um, and just like my parents, you know, with, with, with my childhood home, you know, church, churches need to jack up that foundation and we need to get to work on the, on the, on the building that we have so we can become mature, not lacking anything, everything that God wants us to be as a church. It's very, very important. So we're here to build each other up, to edify one another. So why do we do it on Sunday morning? You know? People say, well, Sunday didn't really replace the Jewish Sabbath. You know, it's not, it's not like that. You know, um, why did we... Why is, why is Sunday morning important, or why is it something we should think about? I mean, Scripture never mentions any Sabbath except for the Saturday gathering for believers. But the Bible actually does talk about the regular day that people gathered for worship after Jesus' resurrection, which was on Sunday morning. So there's a couple of passages in the Bible. In, in Acts 27, it says, On the first day of the week, everyone came together to break bread. First day of the week is Sunday. There's another um, passage about giving, actually. And it says in 1 Corinthians 16, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income to give to the church. So on the first day of every week on Sunday, presumably when we gather together, you bring your offering. And again, this is something that Paul refers to as a service. As when, you, when, you, when you gather on the first day of the week at this service, bring your gift to the church. And so the Bible is pretty clear just from, you know, in passing that 
without explicitly saying Sunday morning, they did meet on Sundays. That's what they did. And that was, tradition says, because that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. So, it's, so um, as much as people say that that's not explicitly stated in the Bible, it really is strongly implied that that's when they met. We celebrate on Sunday to celebrate and remember the resurrection of Christ. Um, the key point in all of this is that we are not supposed to limit our worship to a Sabbath or any, any day of the week, one day of the week, but we are to rest in the Lord every single day. We are to worship the Lord every day, particularly on the day that he rose from the dead. So this church used to meet only on Saturday nights. Was it an unbiblical church? You know, people have have criticized that idea that we had met on Saturdays as if that wasn't kosher, but it actually was just fine because we would agree to meet together, and the important part is that we came together. But Sunday mornings are just because it's tradition. Another thing about Sunday morning is it's for evangelistic purposes why we meet together. Because people who God begins to stir in their hearts, and they start feeling like maybe I need to like visit with God or come or pray with some people or get to know some people that have a relationship with God, see something beyond what I, what I know, they, will, they come on Sunday mornings. That's our culture understands this is the day you meet. And there are other times when we want to be countercultural, but I think for evangelistic purposes, meeting on Sunday morning is very important because that's when people are seeking Christ know to find us, if you will, on Sunday mornings. So we celebrate on Sunday because of the resurrection of Christ. We celebrate on Sunday to reach people that are seeking the Lord together. And as I said, we used to be Saturday Night Live. We were Saturday Night Church. It wasn't an unbiblical church. It was because we didn't have a facility to meet in on Sunday mornings. So we rented another church's building and used their facility on a Saturday night. And it was a blast while we, while we did it. Um, but now we're, we're meeting on Sunday. Maybe we'll meet on Saturday again in the future. It doesn't matter so much except to say, you know, Jesus has busted open the idea of having one day that's a Sabbath, and he said, rest in the Lord 24-7 every day, and take Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Christ and the power of the resurrection and to welcome people to the family of God on the first day of every week. So, the most important thing, it's every week. In the, in the scriptures it says they gathered every week. And actually, they, they kind of gathered every day in scripture. They gathered once a week for the corporate worship, but they gathered in their homes during the week for small groups like we do at church and broke bread together and worshiped God together there and prayed and they also came every week to, to service. Uh, so everyone comes together to edify the body, to build it up every week. Every week. And we're going to see that. The day is not as important as the agreement that we have made with one another and with people that might visit us that we are going to meet together at this time for the purpose of building this thing up together. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another person. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it. If I took my sharpening stone from my knives that's in my chopping block at home and put it in Pennsylvania, I would have not, it would be very hard to sharpen my knives in my house in New York because my tools would be far away. It's the same thing when believers don't gather together. You know, there's no one to sharpen you with. You can't have a relationship with a podcast or with a book or just you and God. It doesn't work that way. You know, we accept God and we accept his body on the earth uh, in faith that this is his work and his place. And so 
we are reminded. Ephesians 4. So Christ gave apostles, prophets, and evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now first, God has given the church body what, what, what is called the shorthand, they call it apest. And that's apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, A-P-E-S-T in that passage. We might call these by different names today if we are you know, talking about one another in the church. But these foundational gifts are, are here in the church and they're, they're, they're the foundation. We have people that function in these ways. And we have, we have some apostles that have visited us and have really blessed us with their knowledge. I think about Martin Sanders and Rob coming by. Just an apostolic gifting to, to bless the church. So God has given these gifts to each body, these, these leadership gifts, for edification. I were to say in a more like focused way, to, to equip the church members, the body of Christ, for the works of service that they will then carry out regularly so that we can come to fullness and maturity in Christ. So God, God has not given only those APES gifts, though, those leadership gifts. God also wants us to edify one another when we meet for worship, regardless of what our gifts might be, uh, through the word of our testimony even, as we hear in faith stories. Revelation 12, 11 says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You know, you might not know what your spiritual gift is, but you are here to edify other people. You're here to shore up this thing and uh, you might have one of those leadership gifts. You might have another gift that's more, that might, maybe is more uh, a background gift or something that's not out front, like, uh, like helping or giving or, you know, whatever, or encouraging or exhorting. But um, all gifts need to be used to build up the church. And that's why we, we, why we structure our worship services as we do here at the church. You know, you, you've probably noticed that a lot of people, even this morning, have passed before you on this platform here. You know, we've had Connie share, the worship team. We had several people share faith stories and even uh, messages of love and truth from God and, and teachings. And the, the reason we do this is not because it makes church more predictable and easier to control. In fact, it seems like it would be the opposite. But we do this because we believe that the body of Christ comes together to edify one another. When you have just one person or two people that do all the teaching and talking every week, how, when, how does that build the body up? You know, it builds the body up in one sense. It shores up the foundation. But the body uh, needs all of those gifts to function and to exhort one another and to, to build up the church. This is one of the biblical purposes for why we, we have done faith stories. It's why we are doing sharing about the blocks in the wall. That's why we're having potlucks. You know, that's why we encourage small group fellowship. Not because these are great ways to have a successful growing church, but because we recognize that without that, you know, iron sharpening iron coming from one another, you know, the church is not going to be built up. In fact, you know, the foundation can be shored up by, by, the, by those leadership gifts, but the church itself can melt into itself. And then all you have is a foundation. That's not good enough. We need the whole building. We are convicted, the leadership of this church is convicted that every person participating is when church is at its best. Not because it's more controlled, and it's, it's the opposite. 
It's more, it's more surprising every Sunday morning to see what God brings forward. But we believe that even if church gets messy sometimes, or even if people say things that are not quite right, or whatever it might be, that it's so important to let the Holy Spirit teach and speak because oftentimes his word, his teaching, is hidden in the mouth of someone that's sitting down without a microphone. And we need to hear from them. We need to hear from them. We need to hear from people with different personality types, people that are introverted as well as extroverted. In the church today, many times extroverts are held up as like being spiritually on fire. But there's an introvert that's equally spiritually on fire that you just don't see it the same way. You know, we need to hear from those people. We need to hear people that we can we can identify with. We need to hear from multiple preachers that we can all connect with differently and that God can use for us. So that's another reason why we rotate the preaching around and would like to do more of that. But all of these people coming before you is on purpose because we want the church to be built up. We want you to hear a testimony about prayer or, or a teaching about tithing or about someone's life story and the ministry they've done to, to inspire you, to have you be reaching uh, towards what God is calling you to every week. And that just doesn't happen when you have one or two people there on every Sunday. You know, it just doesn't happen. No matter how amazing the speaker might be, we are convicted. We're not just doing this to be cool. We're convicted that this is how we need to do church. And that's why we talk about, you know, jo- jokingly a little bit, phasing out Youth Sunday. As amazing as last Sunday was, the kids, the kids did the whole thing by themselves. We were not up here, you know, coordinating them. They did the, I sat there with my kid on my knee the whole time, and they just ran the service, did an amazing job. Um, but we believe that every kid, every teen, every young adult is an minist- equal ministry partner in the church. And they have things to share and to give and to offer us that we need to hear and receive. There's kids in this church that are called to pray and pray for healing for people and feel comfortable doing that because it's their spiritual gifting. Because the Holy Spirit is given to every believer in Christ, from a five-year-old who accepts him to a 15-year-old to a 50-year-old. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to, we want every week to be Youth Sunday. We want, the, we want the youth to be integrated fully. We want all of us to be integrated fully into this body and able to share and edify one another. So the way, the way I've chosen to kind of help you remember all these things about why do we gather for Sunday morning worship, it's everyone edifies every week. Everyone edifies every week. Sometimes you have a main course, sometimes you have a side dish or dessert, just like potluck. But everyone edifies every week. There's something God has for every person in the church to do, a ministry, to to give, to receive, to open yourself up to, to be prayed for, to be supported. Um, Everyone edifies every week. I wanted to circle back to the, to the passage we have for faith stories, this 1 Corinthians 14. And this is a really, this gives you a snapshot of what worship was like in the church in Corinth. Paul says, What shall we say then, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at most three should speak at one time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop 
For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. This is a wild church, you know? They have so many people trying to give words of instruction or a tongue or a hymn or a word that, you know, he had to give, he had to rein it in. He had to say, you know, here's a way to do this in an orderly way. He never says, don't do those things. He says, do them in an orderly way. And the reasoning he gives is for evangelistic reasons in other parts of the Bible where it says, otherwise visitors that come in are going to be very confused, maybe scared, and leave frightened with maybe a donut, and that's all they got. <laughs> and so I think that, um, but, but, but as has been said by, by, uh, by um, Rob Reimer, the great quote, the correct, the correct uh, thinking about spiritual gifts is not that we don't use them, but we, we use them correctly. Not disuse, but right use. So for everything, including tongues and prophecy, these are things that are permissible in the church, um, but they must be done in order. I'm a little jealous of the church in Corinth. I think I'd be interested, but then I'd get, get less jealous when I see about some of their struggles they were having as far as the moral failings in that church and the difficulties they faced. But this is a wild church. They had their major problems like we do, but God's people in Corinth were eager to stand up and practice their spiritual gifts. To the point that Paul had to say, settle down. <laughs> um, I think I'd rather have that problem than the issue of no one wanting to share at all. You know, they'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather have to tell people to settle down. I always think it's funny when, I know it's God's word, it's you know, timeless and applies, applies to our lives and everything, but I always think it's funny when I'm at a church where everything is so ordered and timed and the bulletin has like little time marks on it for every part of it and you can count down. And you kids know when you have a bulletin you're counting down, right? to the end of service. Um, and they'll preach this passage to, this congreg- to that congregation and say, see, everything we need to do needs to be more orderly. But there is no, no disorder. <laughs> There's no, nothing crazy going on. So the, the word doesn't quite apply. Um, in fact, I think Paul would probably say to some churches, loosen up a little bit. You know, let some people prophesy and speak in tongues or share a faith story or talk about their spiritual gifts and experiences or testimony. You know, let them do it. So not only those, those apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, but everyone, everyone builds on the foundation that God has laid every time we gather for worship. And that work is many times a permanent work in the foundation of the church. You know, we look at it as a wall. You know, we have our people up on a wall. And uh, their names, their gifts, their prayers as a, as a symbol to show us. This is, this is just like when Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of the city, you know, God is using the families of this church to rebuild, to build a foundation in the church. Everyone. Everyone edifies every week. I had to look it up. That must not be very memorable. <laughs> Sorry about that. Everyone edifies every week. It's also interesting in that 1 Corinthians passage, Paul says, when you come together, which again shows you're meeting regularly, right? With this expectation that you're coming together regularly. When you come together, each of you come with something to share, a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. Um, this is why we, wait, we open up for faith stories. This is why we open up for families to share. It's why we have potlucks and other fellowship things. It's to make this happen. 
This is also why I've, you know, pastorally just requested or, or, or suggested to you, this summer, choose the book of the Bible, short or long, and just meditate on it for the summer. And my hope is that because I have limited time to share with you and whoever comes up here and shares has a limited time, my hope is that we will hear from a lot of different parts of the Bible this summer and, and build each other up with something we're not doing as a church, but someone, something someone is doing on their own that could be really useful to all. So I just said, you know, find a book and, and read it and just ask God, you know, what can I take from this to edify your body this week? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction. I found that the word each of you is translated to everyone. So it's, it's very, it's like a very imperative. Everyone do this. Everyone have something to share. So the body of Christ meets on Sunday morning to become edified by hearing from everyone that we can. Not just leaders, but other folks in the church as well. And we do this, as I said earlier, we do this every week. Every believer edifies every week. And uh, if you're looking for a prescription, if you're a legalist and you're looking for like the checklist of what we're supposed to do on Sunday morning or, or how we're supposed to live our lives as a Christian, you will read Acts 2, 42 to 47 and say, this is just too much. This is too much. So I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this as an inspiration to us. But this is not a legalistic thing. Um, this is just to say every week, right? So Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves, right after the Spirit came on the, on the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they met together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Everyone edifies every week. Or in this passage, it seems to be every day. So they, they were meeting weekly in synagogue. And again, this is, very, this is how Jesus evangelized. He met at a time when people had agreed to meet culturally for worship service, Saturday night, and, and Jesus would share from a scroll and share teaching, and um, that's how he, ch he shared the gospel on those, on those special days. But these people were meeting every day. If you look uh, in this passage, it says, they devoted themselves to God by devoting themselves to Christ's body. That's what the message is. They devoted themselves to the teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Devoted. This is like mar almost marriage language. You're devoted to this body. It's like 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 your child or your sister or your brother. You're devoted to them or your spouse. And they were so devoted to God that manifested in them being devoted to one another, to breaking bread, to prayer, and many amazing things happened. And people took care of each other's you know, financial needs as well, something we also strive to do at the church. They devoted themselves to the foundational things, to the apest, the apostles, pastors, or uh, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, and the teaching for their foundation. They devoted themselves to eating together regularly at table fellowship and to prayer in their homes. They devoted themselves to that. Every day they continued to meet together in the place of worship. Every day they invited one another to each other's homes and shared a good meal together. They prayed, sung, had table fellowship. You know, this is something they were doing all the time. 
This is one of the reasons why we're so, you know, in our, in our culture and the, in the world in which we live in, we feel called by God to um, meet together in small groups during the week. And th- it's for the purpose of being devoted to God through being devoted to one another in the body. So being there to support one another and, and lift each other up. So when we look at this question of what is the, what is the biblical purpose of Sunday service, what role is it supposed to fill, how are we moving towards that, you know, we might become a little legalistic looking at that question or, or kind of have it be uh, parsed out quite a bit. But really, what it's saying is that not just Sunday, but every day, we gather for public worship, hear a teaching, we devote ourselves, uh, we devote ourselves, if you look at this passage, to the teaching before we receive it. We devote ourselves to opening ourselves up to the Word of God. Now the Word of Nathan, now the Word of whoever's speaking up here or whoever's giving a faith story or teachers, but to God's Word being lifted up and amplified before you on a Sunday morning, right? Looking at these passages of Scripture. Eager and devoted, everyone edifies Every week. Every week. So how do we respond to this teaching? Well, we're going to start meeting for worship every day here at the church and having a giant potluck. No, we're not doing that, but looking at the testimony of Scripture, it appears that the minimum for a Christian is to attend church regularly at an agreed-upon time and day each week, focusing on edifying, building up the body of Christ, and also being open to sharing, giving, and receiving hospitality through spending time together in meals and worship and prayer to edify the body of Christ. Now, at church, we are supposed to truly be friends and family. We're supposed to be friends and family at church, as the Word teaches us to be. And this is what, as Connie shared, this is one of the principal ways we share our faith with other people, right? Because we offer friendship, real friendship, and real family to the people that come. That's our desire. Most people these days do not come to church so they can disappear into a crowd. When COVID came, I think people that, that like to disappear into a crowd just stopped going to church. Now, now I think when people visit churches, they're looking for friends. They're looking for family. This is what we, we strive to, to be, friends and family. And um, it's, a, it's a huge blessing to be a part of the body of Christ. Me and Jackie and our kids are devoted to you guys and being friends with you as, far as, we, as much as we can, hopefully having many more of you to dinner. People are not, are not numbers. People are not names in a role that's filed away in a filing cabinet. People are names, faces, and unique stories and a unique um, insight into what it means to follow Christ. We are, we are called to devote ourselves to one another, to show our devotion to Christ. We are called to truly be friends and family to one another. God is seeking people who are seeking connection and friendship in this world. Something that we can offer. And God's front door to a relationship with him is his body of the church. You know, are we swinging open or are we rusted shut, Right? Hebrews 10, was, it was mentioned earlier, summarizes this teaching so well. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds, 
not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Everyone edifies every week. This is why we meet for Sunday morning worship, and this is also um, what we're moving towards. And we also, I mean, Jackie mentioned to me this morning, you know, we love to hear from you as well. Um, when you're thinking about connecting in the body and the ministry of the church, we want to hear the ways in which God is speaking to you about being a part of his body and to understand there could be some ministries and things we are not doing that are hidden in your, in your mind and heart. And we want to know about that. We want to talk about what we do and do the things we do on purpose, not by accident, right? So everyone edifies every week. So I challenge you this week, we, we say in this church, upward, inward, outward. And I don't talk about it enough, but it's very simple. This week, point yourself upward, which means connect with God. You know, find that book of the Bible that God's calling you to read and to study. Um, read that Christian book based on the Bible. Find some worship music that speaks to your soul and causes you to worship God. You know, seek out friendship and fellowship with other people in the body. Go, go upward with this. Connect to God. Then go inward. Open all of your doors and windows to God and what he might want. I love that day in the, on that first, first warm day of spring when it's breezy outside and I come home from work and all the windows in the house and doors have been thrown open and the house is just circulating beautiful, fresh spring air after a really difficult, uh, dark winter. And it's such a hopeful thing to just throw open the windows and the doors and let the breeze go through. And that's what, you know, God is a gentleman. He goes where he's wanted. He goes where he's invited. The Holy Spirit does not, does not, um, does not violate people's will. He comes as we open ourselves to him and seek after him. So upward, inward, throw open the doors, and then outward. Now, after you've met with God, consider what he has given you that might be useful for the whole body of Christ. Something you could share on a Sunday morning, either in faith stories, uh, in your small group, with a brother or sister in Christ that you could encourage with a text message or a call. Um, share it. You know, last week at worship team, uh, Chloe shared with us just the name of a worship song she really liked for us to consider playing on the worship team. And this whole week I've now had it on repeat on my phone and listening to this over and over again, connecting with God in this, this deep way through it. I mean, Julie like, learned the song the next day. I heard her playing it. I mean, it was just one of our young people in the church saying, this is a song that really spoke to me. And we're like, oh, well, we want to hear that because we know you. And, you know, you have good suggestions. And it just, it blessed our week. Something as simple as that, right? Upward, inward, then outward. You know, church has to, has to become ever more everyone edifying every week because that's the vision of God. Moving from that mindset of casual consumerism and, and, and taking in to a place of giving, knowing that God uses everyone, every supporting ligament, the scripture says, every unseen part he is using to build up the body of Christ. Every week, everyone builds up that foundation and edifies us every week. It's fun when you're a little kid to roll down a floor that is sinking into the ground because of a faulty foundation, but it's not safe and it's not good. <laughs> it's not safe and it's not good. Um, we want this to be a sturdy structure that can hold the friendships, can hold the family relationships, and it can be a hospitable welcome to those who do not know Christ, who he might be stirring in their hearts. So everyone edifies every week. That's the message this morning. So if you'll pray with me. 
Father, I think that my, uh, all we can do is respond. These questions are, um, there's so much more that could be said. But God, we recognize the truth in your word that we are to meet regularly, that we are to edify one another. I pray that we would evermore become a church where people are free to speak and share without shame or concern the work you're doing in their lives, that the whole body might be built up as each part does its work. Thank you for putting us into this body of Christ. I pray this summer would be a great time for us to settle into being your body. Whether that means internally or, or out, outside the box in our communities. I pray your blessing on all of your people that they would know they are dearly loved by you, that when we open our doors and windows to you, you fill us. And I pray that everyone would know that they are an ambassador for you and a priest who can share the things that you've shown them with others to build up the body. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.